Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time, it's time for the Draft Dudes Podcast. What's better than this? Your hosts, the Draft Dudes themselves and co-founders of the Draft Network, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino. Guys being dudes on the Draft Dudes Podcast. And it starts now. better than this guys being dudes here on the draft dudes podcast it's joe marino and kyle Krabs. we're your host chris schubert floating around producing this thing we're all from the draft network and we're brought to you by bet online the number one spot for all your sports wagering information i sure hope you got in on the action for the nfl weekend that was or college football or maybe major league baseball they have everything you can imagine all the sports including esports Vegas casino games, you name it, you can find it on a super easy to navigate website that's available on your desktop or mobile device. And here's the deal. We got a deal for you. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, BLEAV50, it's bet online, and it's where the game starts. Kyle, happy National Video Games Day to you. Mm, no happy happy club dub day for those See, observing this is i did that for chris because he's not in club dub and i knew he would be excited about yeah, the video joe games. joe a good friend kyle not a good friend that that was a very good listen, example of that right there listen joe is on cloud nine on friday right fairly safe to say joe is on cloud nine on friday correct <laughs> correct like i was correct. i was on i was on one on friday yes correct facts. Facts. okay When's the last time Bill Belichick lost four straight games to one team? No, it's never happened. Oh, Yesterday. okay. Not with the Patriots, so there you go. Okay. Um, so, yes, but um, Chris also has realistic expectations mm. for his team, and Joe Flacco was a starting quarterback. Like he, No. We no. were not surprised they, they he, did not he was win pissed. that game. I got in about five minutes uh, sooner than you today, and Chris was very mad. I could tell because I came in and he's like, hey, Kyle. I'm like, no, come on. Like, let's go. Like, big picture stuff here, right? Defense played great. So that's great. You know what? It's a great point, Kyle, because I'll tell you one thing. I'm starting this week, and I'm still not concerned about the Atlanta Braves. So you're absolutely correct. I'm starting the week. What what are the standings? I know know Atlanta took it by half a game for like – 24 hours. What, the what, the Mets are, are now, now back up a game and a half. The Mets won oh, okay. two, in a, two in a row. The Braves have lost two in a row, so it's back to one okay. and a half. Well, Fact well or welcome fiction. back. I'm glad you're not Fact unconcerned. or fiction. We have, a, we have a common victory Monday at some point this year. Well, all three of us. Fact. Really? I Fact. think it happened once last year. Fiction. Chris says fiction. I've watched my team play football on offense. It's not happening over the next two weeks, so Zach's got to come back in a hurry. Well, you got hey, 16 hey. more of them, so. How did... um. And obviously, I understand like Dwayne Brown went on IR. You guys don't have Mekhi Becton, so I understand the offensive line's kind of in flux. How did Brees Hall look? Genuine question. Yeah, so it is very clear to, to everybody, and I'd like to make this point to, to everybody. This is also a mock draft Monday here on the show. We're going to talk about a mock draft here in a minute. Uh, Michael Carter is their best running back that the New York Jets have. That is that is mm. how it works. Brees Hall also fumbled the ball late in the game. Not really his fault. Late in the game, they're trying to make stuff happen. Uh, but Michael Carter, the better of the two running backs, it didn't help that the best – and this is not hyperbole, the best offensive lineman that the New York Jets had in their football game yesterday was Max Mitchell. That was the best offensive lineman. Really? Is AVT not in there? 
Uh, no, wait, AVT played. I stand by what I said. The best offensive lineman that the Jets had in the game yesterday mm-hmm. was Max Mitchell. And you had, and now you're you're still disappointed that with Joe Flacco at quarterback, like no time on task with these guys, weird offensive line that they only scored nine points. You're gonna let that get you down all week. I want you to watch the the, the game tape at some point, Joe, and then report back. I'm, I, yeah, it might I, not be I, high on my list this week, but I'm not gonna I, lie. I, I do have to say, uh, I was very surprised to see the Jets outgain Baltimore by 104 yards. Um, lost the turnover rattle. Jets had more fourth down conversions than second down com- or fourth down conversions than third down conversions, so that's not great. Well, they had zero third down conversions, so it's pretty easy to to. to well, they were three. The- Pro Football Reference has them three for four on fourth down, right? And I think two they were for fourteen on third down. Mm. You know what? I forgot the two that they picked up. To be honest, uh, with you. It was- you know, if there's only two, it's probably yeah. pretty easy to forget. All right, let's let's talk about my mock draft. I need some uh, help, sure. Joe. I need I need the Jets to get help. 2.0. 2.0. I probably didn't help them in ways that were reflected on Sunday. I wrote this thing on Saturday morning, and so uh, Kyle is uh, first time seeing it right now. Is yeah, I I almost opened it up on the plane last night when I got rerouted coming out of Fort Lauderdale, but I did not. Um, so just know that I wrote this thing on Saturday morning, and so you oh, can you can imagine like how happy I am. Uh, with the performance of Mr. Anthony Richardson and uh, him slotting at number three in this mock draft. But uh, long season. He's got a lot of traits. Okay, so we have Joe, like the coward that he is, stayed defensive players with picks one and two. Not a coward with pick number four, though. Sorry to spoil and go ahead. Not a, not a coward there. You are correct, sir. So Anthony Richardson went three to Seattle, our first offensive player. Chicago, we're having the whole debate. Oh, man, who are we going to put with Chicago? Do we go wide receiver? Do we go offensive tackle? Pete Skronsky. Paris Johnson. Joe said, nope. Roderick Jones, University of Georgia. He looked great in the opener. I did not see this weekend's game. Oh, you didn't want where they play uh, Charleston Southern or who yeah. they play? Seriously, somebody like that. Yeah, Some- but they, they also didn't boat race him to the degree that that you would have thought that they would have. But uh, Broderick Jones in the opener looked phenomenal against Oregon. Just like he did against Missouri and Tennessee last year. They played played Samford. Samford. Come on, Joe. I like Broderick Jones. Like, tell me, tell me why there's a clear cut OT one right now. And tell me why it can't be Broderick Jones. Ain't nothing but a heartache. Uh, no, I can't. It's all traits, right? You, you, I mean, obviously, Anthony Richardson at three, Broderick Jones at four, Will Levis at five. We're betting on traits here mm-hmm. with these these selections. You're betting on traits and um, elite play from the top two picks as well. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> traits traits and clear. high, high, high level production <laughs> over multiple years. Uh, which that next block of three is still kind of a forecast. It's also September 12th. Like, mm-hmm. it's still so early. Now, mm-hmm. if you give it another four weeks, I think you'll probably have a pretty firm grasp on how the narrative for the seasons are going to go. Yeah, both from a prospect perspective, but also a team order perspective, right? Where right. this is still reverse Super Bowl odds as of post-Thursday night football and I'm sure those look a lot different today now that Dak Prescott's going to miss extended period of time. I mean, Dallas oh. Cowboys fans are in my mentions telling me they're going to be picking in the top five. C.J. Stroud's in play. I mean, you know, like, so there's going to be a lot that's going to play out Is that something here. they want? They Bro, want I don't that? know. I don't know, but I'm just telling you what the Cowboys fans told me in response to this. See, Cowboys fans told you C.J. Stroud's in play at five. Yes. They said they're picking top five and a quarterback could be in play. Well, and, and not to go off on the tangent, but you know what was pretty neat? There were some there were some teams that surprised us 
in week one of NFL, but I thought there were a lot of games that played out with all the teams where it's like, it kind of met what we felt those teams were this summer. I got three examples for you. The Patriots, the Cardinals, and the Packers. Those three teams were exactly the teams that we thought they were going to be over the summer. Well, and even even Tennessee, we have concerns about their depth and offensively what yep. they were doing without A.J. Brown. And they came out, they lost to the Giants yesterday. Just to be balanced, I mean, I think Houston, Atlanta, and the Giants had a lot more punch well, than we thought, right? Sh- and Chicago winning over Chicago. San Francisco yeah. is a very surprising result. I understand that was played in a big-time mm-hmm. storm. The, um, the field looked like Picasso. Did you see the field in that game? Yeah, it looked like a fun slip and slide. It was like, Chris, it was like the yard lines were smeared. Oh, okay. You, you were you were referring to the Picasso art style. I was like, I don't remember Picasso yeah, ever painting a football field. I, I, okay, I now understand. Oh. I now understand the, the reference that was being made here. By the way, the yeah, Falcons yeah. looking great, really helping my bet with Joe about who's going to finish best in the, in the uh, NFC South. The Panthers got hosed, bro. Hosed. Well, that's fine, but I, I feel pretty good about where Atlanta's at right now. <laughs> feel good where Houston's at. That's Remember true. Our, you. That's true. You need them if they sneak into the top two because because the, the AFC South lose. is really bad. That's yeah. That's a very good point, Joe. That's a very good. Um, shout out the Colts for what biggest egg of the week? It's nine consecutive openers they didn't win. Wow, that's insane. Well, at least right? at least they didn't lose this one. Let's let's stay in the AFC South because you made this pick at seven of Brian Brzee. He's back. You're you're on the bandwagon. Well, he, look, he was banged up last year. The tape wasn't wasn't super good. I mean, tape's good now. Right, tape's good now. Tape's and it good was good now. against Georgia before Welcome he started back. getting banged up week one last year. So I'm back in. Um, and I think the supply demand, like you'll notice a little bit further down, there's another defensive tackle. I have three interior defensive linemen going in the top ten, okay. and I think that speaks to the supply and demand. And these guys that are like top tier players being prioritized because we don't have a ton of depth there. Okay. So we we've obviously got the quarterbacks four in the top eight. Oh, I'm surprised at the pick at nine. Really? Yes. So you, you, so I'm, I'm not surprised that they picked a, a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington selecting Noah. So Washington, of course, being Washington DC and not Washington state, despite what the vendors there Bro. at FedEx field would Woo. have you believe with the mugs that they were selling. Chris, did you see that? Cause there's no, I got no reaction. I did from not. You. I did not see this. Is this something Chris, I should Google? There was a truck vendor selling paraphernalia. Souvenirs. Paraphernalia is probably not the right apparel, word. Apparel. Apparel. Apparel outside FedEx field with the commander's logo on a mug and a silhouette of the state of Washington at FedEx field in Washington, (laughs) D.C. You know what? It's clearly it's understandable that they could be confused. Those two things are very close. Of course. In me. I'd like to talk. I'd like to talk about the pick at 12, Joseph. I didn't get a chance to explain. Kyle brought up Washington. Okay, yeah, never mind. There's, yeah. oh, there's a lot that's different here, and I also want to shout out number 10, too. So we'll go 9, 10, and 12. And Chris is beside himself because we're never going to get through the whole thirty-two or 31 picks. But how did you weigh out Noah Sewell, who was the selection that you made at 9, with how he played against Georgia, how bad the whole team played against Georgia? Like, 
How do you reconcile with what you felt about Noah Sewell, the skill set that he has, did not play particularly well against Georgia? Like, how do you just weigh all that out when you made that pick? Didn't think much at all about the Georgia performance. I thought a lot about, I have this belief in when coaches or GMs get an opportunity to, to have a role, they're going to look back at where they were previously and the successes that they had there and try to replicate them in their new spot, right? We see that time and time again. And so I'm living in a world where Ron Rivera is still the coach, the commanders, even if they're picking number nine. And a staple of his success in Carolina was the linebacker duo of Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Um, and so with Jamin Davis being in the mix as your kind of athletic player, and obviously he has a lot to prove, but next to them, they really don't have much. And even like Cole Holcomb is, is an expiring contract. Like Jamin Davis is like literally their only linebacker back under contract next year. We've all admitted that the commanders are a challenging team to mock for, right? Like they're, they're yes. not easy at this point. And so, I thought the most logical conclusion that I can come to at this point was, all right, who's the quarterback of this defense, right? Who's that guy? I know that John Allen up front is, is an unbelievable player, but you kind of need that second-level player to be that dude. And I thought a, a pair of Sewell and Davis was really intriguing to me because I think they offer complementary skill sets and they can preserve a, a, a staple of Ron Rivera defenses that have made him successful in the past. Fair. Now, let's talk about how good Gervin Dexter's been playing for the Florida Gators for the first two games of the season. Dude's well, a, a wrecking crew inside, and you put him to the Jets at 10. He is. Well, and first of all, Leonard Fournette, uh, Bucks running back, he gave the game ball to the offensive line. Gervin Dexter needs to give it the game ball. Well, I know they didn't win the game, but if he got a game ball for the big splash plays he made against uh, Kentucky, he's got to give that to Brenton Cox because Brenton Cox made the interception and the sack uh, possible by blowing up the right tackle. Um, but, you know, Gervin – fits a, a, a need for the Jets. And I know that they did a really good job of containing Baltimore on the ground, but I still, you know, there's a lot to play out here and, and I want to see them become a little bit more stout up front. Um, again, for one game, they look pretty good, but last year was a big issue. And, you know, I think they're going to have some different tests along the way here. And so if, if they're going to get the most out of their defense, I think they need to get a one tech and, and Gervin is a guy that can be stout against the run, but also gives you some juice to yeah. get after the passer. It's like the uh, – this is probably unfair um, to Travis Jones, but he's like the supercharged Travis Jones. Sure, yeah. That's what he feels like right now. Through and the first Travis two Jones is pretty supercharged. Right, right. But Gervon Dexter's like – he just feels like he's – and he's doing it in the SEC and having disruptive plays where, where Travis was having a fight through triple teams, so obviously that cuts both ways, but – you know, kind of that that same body type and ability to do multiple roles within your front. So, Chris, that that's a good ad for for those New York Jets. Chris wanted to talk about wide receiver one. You're right because he is wide receiver one, and so oh, he deserves weird. some respect. Weird, weird. Go ahead, Joe. Tell us about wide receiver one in your mock draft. Well, so I have Tennessee Titans at number twelve, picking the first wide receiver, and it being Jordan Addison from. From USC, um, as we have a hurricane breeze through here. Um, I just feel stylistically he's the right type of player for the Titans. I mean, um, their best receiver yesterday was Kyle Phillips, and um, Robert Woods looks slow, and Traylon Burks is stylistically like a unique player. And so I think they need to get separation was their best receiver, huh? Mm, yeah, separation matters, right? So uh, Jordan Addison, take the roof off the defense, win after the catch. Like they need this type of guy 
for this offense. And so uh, worthy of the conversation for wide receiver one, but also the right player for Tennessee. Did did you see Addison bust up Caillou Blue Kelly on Saturday night? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! He he worked him. It was something. Oh, I I love his game so much. I see another wide receiver at thirteen. Oh, okay. Let let's talk about pick fifteen. Let's talk about the Patriots. Obviously, we we've alluded to. Uh, we, we've alluded to kind of their struggles uh, and the perception that we have for them as a team. But you have them going with a corner. Is that because of who Bill Belichick is? Is that your perceived biggest need with what they have? Go ahead. Talk to me. I can't fix all their problems with one first round pick. So I guess we we first need to just distinguish that. Okay, um, and so from there, I just thought about more predictively. Okay, what... What is Bill Belichick going to do in terms of assessing his roster and going to prioritize? And, I mean, his defenses have statistically been really good recently, but that's with J.C. Jackson and Stephon Gilmore. Well, those guys aren't coming through those doors, right? And so Cam Smith was the pick there out of, out of South Carolina where I think you get a versatile player that you you like in, in bump and run coverage that has ball skills, that tackles that – can fit that profile of uh, a versatile number one corner. And so um, we can guess about what the Patriots will do. And we've seen them prioritize a lot of strange things in the past. But uh, I think that among the highest of of priorities has to be getting some legitimate coverage players at corner. Okay, Joe, talk to me about, I think this gets, they're all interesting picks, but I, I think there's a lot of names that I expected to see in the teens, and then we get to 19. And I know that um, Tyree Wilson from Texas Tech is the the choice for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, Dallas has been looking for another long-term pass rusher there for quite some time. Uh, they, they We have some questions about their defensive line interior. Talk to me about how you think Dallas could implement Tyree Wilson. And obviously I understand that this was written before the disaster offensively that they put out last night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm not going to ask you, well, why didn't you pick an offensive player? Right? Like Mm -hmm. I know why that didn't happen, but I'm really interested in the potential fit with Dallas. Yeah. uh, Good point there. I I probably would have mocked a, uh, an offensive player if this wasn't published at halftime of that game. Um, But I just feel like Tyree Wilson, I mean, just he kind of fits the mold of a lot of the the pass rushers we've seen go kind of towards the back half of the first round where it's a bet on traits, what he's 6'6", 275. I'm sure he's got 34-plus inch arms and a lot of power, a lot of burst. And um, playing in kind of an odd front defense at Texas Tech, that doesn't ask him to attack a whole lot. But I think if he were asked to attack a whole lot, he would be even more productive. And so um, – I like how he can kind of fix into fit into this mix for Dallas with Demarcus Lawrence and of course Micah Parsons, who's an unbelievable rusher. And you have now Tyree Wilson, who can rush outside, rush inside, and you have a lot of waves of rush that you can send at the quarterback. And so I thought the most meaningful thing for them for their defense would be to get another player up front. 
has there been a more consistently mocked player outside the top five across everybody at Draft Network than Quinton Johnston to the Baltimore Ravens? Perfect, right? Just kind of is. Wide receiver from TCU, height, weight, speed, gets vertical and – you know, I think that's uh, Rashad Bateman and even Devin Duvernay had some good moments in, in that Jets game. But um, I think they need another legit presence in that passing game to improve their spacing. And Garrett Williams, or excuse me, Quinton Johnson is a guy that I think can win at all levels of the field and provide a lot of size for Lamar. So I think they can check their box in terms of a field stretcher, but also get that done with a bigger player. So, um, We'll see how that Ravens offense evolves this year and, and how much they're going to miss having a presence like Hollywood Brown. Um, but I think Quentin Johnson could be a really nice answer for that um, if they not, they're not able to get it solidified in other ways. Who was the player here in the back eight that you were most excited to get into the first round? That's a new name. Uh, Darnell Washington, tight end out of Georgia, giving him to the Chargers. I think that's a spot on their roster that, needs to be better. You know, they try to get the ball to Trey McKitty a little bit yesterday in the game. Um, but I think they need a guy, right? Like a legitimate presence that can be their tight end, that can block, that can provide that middle of the field target for Justin Herbert and really round out what he has at his at his disposal to to kind of work the football. And so I think that we've seen a lot of nice flashes from Darnell Washington. And I think he's a player that when you kind of frame it that way, who was I excited to get in there? Uh, he pops for me. Um, very surprised to see Josh Downs make it with the way that his season has started. Uh, yeah. Talk to me about what your does it say more about what you really believe of Josh Downs, or does it say more about the, the how you perceive the talent distribution at the wide receiver position that he's a guy that still slots in here at twenty nine. Well, yeah, I, I think it's it's probably both. And Josh Downs, obviously, he missed the last two games, but week one against Florida A&M, for whatever that's worth. I mean, he had a productive game, a couple of touchdown catches, and obviously what he did last year. So I think I've got enough there that um, makes him at least a candidate for the back part of the first round. Uh, but I, I like I like what he can offer Kansas City. And, you know, obviously Pat Mahomes was phenomenal against Arizona and evidently Vashawn Joseph or Vashawn Joseph, Vance Joseph has, uh, has no idea Poor that Vashawn Patrick Mahomes, Joseph catching right, bodies here right, on draft for no on reason, a Monday. For no reason. Uh, Vance Joseph is, was completely unaware that Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league against the blitz. And so he decided to blitz him the most of any quarterback uh, of any defense has against Mahomes ever. So I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, but they're they're um the receiver core, you know, they've got some some one year stop gaps in my opinion with Juju. Uh and then you look at um Miko Hardman, who's a, a player that's an expiring contract. And so while I know it's reworked this year, I kind of expect there's to be some other moves next year to kind of even introduce some new names for their kind of top three, four receivers. And and I think you need to make sure that you're continuing to invest there for Patrick Mahomes and not that Patrick Mahomes can't elevate his supporting cast. But I think when you make a commitment to a quarterback like the Chiefs have in, in Patrick Mahomes, like you need to continue doing that with how you build the roster around them. And so uh, I, I I feel like it's a, a worthwhile idea for us at this point to consider receiver and play for the Chiefs uh, late in the first round. That's fair. Um, 
Any other thoughts that you want to get out into this, the space here with this mock that you yeah, put together? I, you know, when you asked about a player, I was excited to get into the first round. Um, I went with Darnell Washington because I didn't want to do the Joe Marino double dip special. But if I were to do that, I would have picked Garrett Williams, the corner from Syracuse. You, know, going you doing it later in the show still counts yeah, as a double dip. Nah, but just... I didn't do it in the moment. You know, and you gave me that you opened the floor. So I kind of took it. You know, sure. I fought against the tendencies sure. a little bit lately. It's been a while since I double dipped. Uh, but but Garrett Williams, I think, in so many ways uh, fits what we've seen Cincinnati prioritize at corner. Uh, I think they need an answer opposite of Chidobe Awuzie. Maybe that'll be Cam Taylor Britt once he's healthy. Um, but you know, Garrett Williams is a size, is good size. He tackles. He plays the ball. And Cincinnati is so multiple with their defense. And and I I feel like maybe people will start realizing that more and more as as uh, we dial in more on that team. But they are they mix it up on the back end and the front end, and I like the versatility that Garrett Williams gives you to play press, to play zone, to play off man, and and provide a a physical presence as well. So he's a player that, um, you know, I don't is he a first round guy for sure? I I don't know if I'd say that, but I think he's in that early day two back of the first round conversation at least at this point. And I thought since he was since he was a really good spot to slot him. I like it. I like this mock a lot as well. I'm I'm glad I, I staved it off. Uh, and my parting word and parting thought is: make sure if you go to South Florida, you uh, you use sunscreen. If uh, really go, revolutionary idea there. Yeah, guys. yeah. It was uh, imagine not watching the YouTube version of the show. Um, somebody somebody that I know referred to me right now as Neapolitan ice cream skin tone. Oh, that's good take. Yeah, it's. It's pretty dynamic right you now. You might be missing the, the chocolate, but the vanilla and the and the <laughs> strawberry is, is certainly there. It most definitely is. So use sunscreen. Use our friends over at Bet Online for all your bets this season. Hit subscribe on Draft, dude. Stay plugged in. We got a great week coming. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks for checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your Monday. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Thanks for being here for another episode of the Draft Dudes Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. While you are at it, help the dudes out by leaving a rating and review. Want more? Head over to www.thedraftnetwork.com or follow us at The Draft Network on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.